0: In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust, and blues you can trust. Indigo's feel, and white ones heal. Yellow scare, and green ones dare. That sapphire love, and black hand's glove will rock your felt. Without hesitation Chad and Mark Face evil's might Respect their power For they'll make you see the
1: light Hi everybody,
0: I'm Chad Boekelman
1: I'm Mark Marble
0: And this is The Lantern Cast.
1: Episode 256.
0: San Diego Comic-Con 2016
1: Special Report. Woohoo! And we're timely. Super timely. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, super,
0: super timely. Uh, so there are certain things... Mark and I came up with a list of things we want to talk about with regards to San Diego. Um... Obviously, San Diego has become much more of a media-based event as opposed to a comics-based event. Now, that doesn't mean there's not comic stuff worth talking about; just that it kind of gets shouted down. <laughs> so uh, we've got a list of stuff now. Whether we actually, you know, spend any good length of time talking about stuff, or if we just mention it, uh, that is, remains to be seen. But we're gonna go about it anyways. <laughs>
1: We're going to do what we can, people.
0: That's right. Uh, so first up, we're going to tackle things like the comics, uh, specific to comics, and specific to Green Lantern, since it's a Lanterncast podcast, and we might as well
1: open with something Green Lantern-related. Because um, Lord knows we'll be mining, mining deep into the night to try to find other really important Green Lantern news. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, the it was announced during Comic-Con that IDW and DC are teaming up yet again, for sequels to, uh, some of their bigger crossovers, such as Green Lantern and Star Trek. Yes, there will be a Green Lantern Star Trek sequel. Uh, some people got a little confused when it was first announced. I guess kind of the way the press release was, uh, worded, it might have been, it might have seemed like old news being represented as new news, but, uh, no. Uh, I think, I think part of the reason people were confused is because they also announced that they'd be doing, uh, Uh, another Batman TMNT team up Uh, so (laughs) they're like wait wait they already announced and did that it's already happened Uh, no there's going to be sequels to both well GL Star Trek is a direct sequel the Batman and TMNT one I hear is like uh, not a direct sequel it's more of a different version so it'll be the animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles teaming up with the animated Batman so that's kind of cool
1: yeah, that's, uh, that, that, that's, that's a good new, quote-unquote, new take on the same material. So I think that's pretty cool.
0: But it says, uh, I'm, I'm, I just pulled like a, a quick breakdown from Newsarama. Uh, it says, uh, it, it's, it'll be by Mike Johnson and Angel Hernandez again. Awesome. Hopefully they keep the same colors, who I can't remember, but I remember liking the colors. Um, it says, this is actually a direct sequel to the previous series. So it picks up right where it left off. The lanterns are in a universe that's not their own. They've basically joined Starfleet. We see more of the Star Trek universe as well as the DC universe. It's big on an intergalactic scale. Relic time
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I I hope not. I, I hope not. I hope I hope I don't know how it's gonna I don't know how it's gonna work out. Uh but I do you think they're going to go more emotional spectrum stuff or do you think they're, they might like switch it up and do like DC silver age or like any, something other than something related to the emotional spectrum and recent comics of green lantern.
1: Uh, well, I guess it. but that little snippet didn't really say that it was just, it talked about the lanterns being related to I mean, being integrated into Starfleet, but it didn't just say green lanterns, did it?
0: No.
1: So that kind of opens I might open the door more since we know St. Walker was still around and and Carol. Uh I'm going to suspect the other color lanterns will be in it. They may not be the maybe it's not going to be as a key part of the story, maybe. I don't know. It's hard it's really hard to know where they're going to go. It really it really is. I guess it depends where how the, from an analytical and even a sales point of view it might might simply come down to where they thought you know, the what was bringing in the the, pulling the gravy train in, whether whether it was the spectrum or whether it was just Green Lantern as a whole, and so I don't know. I don't. I, maybe the threat won't be related to the emotional spectrum, but I would be surprised if we don't see, you know, Carol and Saint Walker and at least some of the other some of the other lanterns.
0: Are you excited for this? Because I I, I I was. It, it seemed like when we were reviewing it, I was more excited about the series overall than you
1: were. No, I think you're still more excited about it even now than than I was and am looking. As in related to the sequel, I don't know. Again, maybe if they start off, maybe if it's a, if it's a different storyline where we don't know the beats of what should have happened and what did happen in our universe, like they tried to do with the you know with the original getting the things wrong in Blackest Night and things and that and having things maybe with take they take that burden and they get rid of it, let the albatross f- from around your... The, the, you know the reader's neck, who know this stuff, as opposed to the audience that has no clue. Then maybe I would be more a little more open-minded towards it, and I think maybe I'd be more willing to just appreciate it for what it is. But we'll see. I mean, I enjoyed I enjoyed going through it last year. It's just I I, I just don't think it was as satisfying for me probably as it was for you.
0: Um. Uh, Next up, uh, some news concerning, and this is probably one of those ones we'll just talk about in terms of mentioning. DC does still have plans to explore and do something with their milestone line uh, in terms of, you know, doing like static and uh, what was it? it, What's his name? Hardware. Hardware. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and stuff like that. The it was announced. I think it might have been last Comic Con, uh, last last San Diego Comic Con, or something like that. That they were going to do it, but no, obviously nothing's happened at, uh, with it in the interim. So, but they they did say they are still there are still plans. It's just going a little bit slower than uh, they they initially thought it was. Um, but obviously the big the big part of the the milestone line that they'd obviously be focusing on the most would probably be static. So. But they do they do plan and I, I took it as like they plan to do something with the comics, not necessarily like there's going to be like an animated feature or anything like that, but that they were going to do something with the properties in comic form.
1: I would assume that it, it is the proper interpretation of what or the proper way of analyzing where they're going with it. I that's probably what they're going to do. Whether they're going to bring back the line, whether they're going to just do. Minis, whether they're going to just have a crossover again like they did before or with the main with the main DCU, uh, which is actually the only experience they really have with with that line, the Milestone line, when they had the big when they did have the crossover before, like I remember with Hardware and Steel kind of crossing over and things like that, trying to match their some of their, some of their counterparts. So I yeah I it's it's certainly overdue. So I, and considering they're going back in a way to their roots and in different areas in the, in the rebirth era. So I guess it's not surprising that somehow they're going to revisit and bring milestone back into it. So hmm.
0: Um and speaking of animated features, uh the possibility of animated features. They also announced that uh after Batman the Killing Joke, uh the next three animated uh, directed DVD features uh from DC Comics uh and the uh, their entertainment and their anif- animated feature line uh the one most of note, obviously, being Justice League Dark. Uh, Justice League Dark will be an animated, directed DVD uh, feature-length uh, animated feature, followed by Teen Titans: The Judas Contract and Batman and Harley Quinn, a Bruce Timm original, which arrives next summer.
1: Hmm. I guess the, the Judas Contract would be interesting to see how they. They've been talking that. about
0: that for a long time that's 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 been rumored for a long time
1: and, and they still haven't
0: done anything with it
1: so true. and obviously Justice League dark had been kind of up and down and through through the ringer as far as eight thousand possible variations in how they were going to approach it because it wasn't that that was supposed because that was at one point going to be a del Toro movie right wasn't del yep. Toro supposed to be doing a live action version of that yeah
0: that 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 rumor goes all the way back to I think like
1: late two thousand twelve yeah well, as we found, as we have found out, there's there's a whole hell of a lot of Del Toro rumors related to movies that just never seem to go anywhere. <laughs> he he may be one of the biggest biggest name directors that has the a the most number of projects that never end up happening or happening like ten years twelve years down the road that circle around him or hover around him. There's a lot he seems to ha- that seems to happen fairly often for whatever reason. It probably will work better as an animated feature anyway. So. uh but of all the three of these, even though I'm not a Teen Titans guy, Judas Contract would be kind of curious to see how they do it. Obviously Batman and Harley Quinn will probably be the most successful.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they do Mad Love. I mean, I know that Mad Love was kind of its own, like T key... V it was you know, it was an episode of the animated series kind of. Uh but I I don't know. I wonder if they'd be doing something different with it or not. I don't know. But uh I think the one I'm most interested in is is Justice League Dark, but that's just because you know, uh, you know Deadman will most likely be in it. So, <laughs> and I'm a big Deadman fan. So, yeah. All right, uh, moving on to TV. Do you want to do Marvel or DC?
1: Let's do DC. Let's do DC. Even though there's, to be fair with all of the, all the TV shows, there's only pretty. There's only one I really care about in all of these, and that's the Flash. To be honest, with you. <laughs> I don't. Watch, right. I don't. I don't watch Arrow. Uh, I, I. might, maybe, I'm more likely to watch Supergirl now more because it's on the WB. Or
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, whatever, whatever the CW, whatever the hell it is this week. Uh, so they showed the trailer for what season three, which mm-hmm. is going to be Flashpoint, or their very their version of Flashpoint. I thought it looked pretty good.
0: yeah i thought i thought so too i wonder how i wonder how long they're going to go with the flashpoint thing Do you think it's going to be like a a full season thing or do you think it's going to be like up to the 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 mid-season
1: finale crap i (laughs) i don't know with this one that's they i mean the the zoom thing carried on for a while and flashpoint's pretty big uh that that's but it could drag on that's the thing um but obviously, bringing Reverse Flash back in is going to up the ante, which you would expect if they're doing a v- version of Flashpoint. Because I just, I actually just finished, I just rewatched the Flashpoint Paradox animated movie last night. Actually, uh, I don't know. I would pro- if, I, I, if I had to bet, I'm going to say it's going to be the main thing, the main theme for the whole season. Uh, but I'm um, going gonna,
0: I'm, I'm gonna to go mid-season, mid-season finale on this one. Yeah, yeah that's that's,
1: that's my makes- that's
0: that's what I think.
1: You could, I mean, lo, I think logically you're probably correct. For some reason, I'm just, I just felt that's the way to go. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how how f- faithful they can adapt this, obviously without having all the other heroes to be able to play off of, which were critical in the whole Flashpoint storyline. So they're obviously going to have to do a lot of tweaking to try to get to. And I just really hope, no matter how they resolve it, that I just want Barry to get smarter. I'm getting, I'm getting sick and tired of Barry being the dumbest man alive. <laughs> he was well, pretty. Well,
0: it's, it's not, it's not the smarter thing. I think, I think the problem is that bad he, decision he, making. <laughs> no, he, no, it's not, it's not, it's not just a smarter. Well, see, see, now that you say that, I, I know what you, I know what you mean. I initially thought, uh, like I thought the problem was that he was being overshadowed by like Cisco and Caitlin. Like Cisco uh, and Caitlin and Professor Stein and like all the other big brains on the show. That's what I thought you meant by oh, smart. Oh, yeah, that's not what I mean. Because Barry Allen, one of the my problems with the Flash TV show is Barry Allen is a forensic scientist. And he even mentions to, uh, what's her name? Um, from Mercury Labs. Um, what was her name? She was in the original Flash show. Um, Dr. McGee, Tina McGee. He mentions T- he he mentions to Tina McGee at one point that uh he has uh he he majored in physics and like biochem or something like that in college so it's not just that he's specific to um you know uh uh forensic science like he's got a really good grasp on other science related things so I was constantly getting annoyed that you know. It was, it was Caitlin and Cisco and Dr. Stein and Dr. Professor Wells and, like, all these other people explaining these big science things and coming up with fixes, and Barry is just kind of the vehicle <laughs> for it. You know, like, Barry should reality... And, and, and it, it was a big part of the comics. Like, we're all waiting for him to go flash facts. You know what I mean? Yep. Because Barry knows this shit. So, like, I, it doesn't, like, hamper my enjoyment of the show, but every now and then there's a moment, like... Come on, Barry should know this, you know. And but I get what you mean now. Like when you when you, when you say better decision making, though. So I, I get where you were originally going, but that's – since I already started down that
1: path, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I I can understand why that would be, why that could bother people be, because of the fact that he is a smart guy and he's and and even though he's not really, down, they don't really bring it down to this level. But but like you were kind of were inferring, it sometimes it's kind of like okay, boss. <laughs> Just point me in the wrong right direction. I'll go. Yop, yop, yop. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't mean it like it. Like IQ wise, he's the dumbest man alive. I just mean that we we had a full season of him making really stupid and bad decision making and bad choices, culminating in the stupidest choice of all. Going back, to... <laughs> to but he kind of knows it. Or at this, even at this point, he knows he shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> but. uh... It just, and it did seem somewhat kind of random that at that moment he's, oh, I think I'm going to go back and save mom this time when I didn't do it the last time. I don't know. I just hope after this is all done that, yeah, we, we kind of get a smarter, better decision-making Barry Allen, because that was kind of the thing that was annoying me as the season kind of went went on. It just came, seemed like he kept making bad choice after bad choice after bad choice. And it just, that that really takes away some of the enjoyment from the show. Like when you. when when they let Zoom take his powers. And everybody thought, oh, maybe they really didn't take his powers, or maybe they got a plan. They're going to, like, you know, it's like, no, they didn't have a plan. (laughs) So it was, that was disappointing. And And his decision at the end of last season to go back and save his mom, and, yeah, I, I don't know, I, I like the fact that they keep messing with the time stream enough so you always have different variations that way you can bring the same actors back and kind of play the same characters and but not this exactly the same way as we know them. I like that that's kind of clever the way they keep doing that and they keep they can bring back reverse flash and they can bring back Dr. Wells and now you know and, and now uh John Wesley Shipp can come back and be his dad cuz his dad's not dead as long as as well as being, you know, uh Jay at some point too. So yeah, I mean, I I like that, and I don't have I don't have an issue kind of playing with the time fast and loose with the time, you know, the time stream because that's that's what the flash can do, but we we do need Barry to kind of like pick it up a notch at least as far as decision making.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they it, this wasn't like a reveal from San Diego, but you also got to see, um, Wally in his Kid Flash yep. costume, so that was kind of cool, and you you also saw the other one of the probably new main villains uh, uh another kind of another speedster um i i think it's the black racer what do
1: you think well i know they were hinting at that 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 was going to be the case um i mean it looks like the black racer it would make sense again based on all the all everything pointing in that direction so but which has look. been a couple of things like
0: right like it he had it had a lot to do with like apocalypse and dark side and stuff and it was also like just kind of like the death avatar for speedsters right right okay and I, I know they've combined them since then um but yeah that that was interesting and then you know the, the whole uh when uh when uh, uh when reverse flash says uh now who's the villain flash now who's the villain? If yeah, that was like the perfect spot, you know, kind of audio clip to end that that trailer, on. right? So that's that was kind of cool. Uh, what next from
1: DC? They didn't do much otherwise, TV wise.
0: Ah, uh, they did. Uh, they did Legends. Legends. Uh, we we did get the trailer for Legends. Now, keeping in mind though. The trailer for Legends was more uh it was kind of it was kind of like half uh old stuff and half new stuff in terms of like footage. Um, I guess there's really not much to actually talk about there because the only thing to talk about would be just the fact that, you know, they're still doing the whole time travel thing, the Wave Rider seems to have like a bunch of uh, you know, uh, a bunch of upgrades and, you know, they're obviously protecting time now. Um, but you know the whole uh, option for the JSA showing up on the show and stuff like that—that's that's pretty cool. Um, because uh, last season uh ended with uh, Rex Tyler showing up and saying, "I'm here and I'm from the Justice Society of America," and that was and people just lost their freaking minds. Uh, <laughs> but myself among them. Um, but yeah, I guess there really isn't not there really isn't much to talk about there. It's just just seems it seems it seems cool legends was one of those shows that i kind of kept watching out of obligation i was i was mildly enjoying it uh you know it wasn't like i i wasn't in you know enjoying what i was seeing but there was only a, like two or three episodes where i was like okay what is going to happen next and everything else was just like oh yeah i got to watch an episode of legends this week so i hope i hope legends uh really picks up steam and And has learned from season one, uh, moving on into season two. We can hope. Yeah. And then there's one other thing from DC, one other TV show we have to mention. Uh, Well, technically two. Evidently there was a little bit of news maybe about Supergirl, uh, but not much. You know, a lot of that already came out. The fact that, you know, somebody's been cast as Superman and um, somebody's been cast as whoever was in the ship at the end of the season. Uh, and it's a guy, so I'm thinking mon uh, I'm assuming the rest of the internet is too, but I thought as soon as they announced it was a guy, it was cast in the role, and I saw a picture of him, I was thinking mon Um But whatever. Uh, and uh, I think the other thing, of course, is Arrow.
1: Gotcha. Go to town. <laughs> Go to town. Well, before
0: we get into that, it was also announced before Comic-Con that they were going to kind of go back to their roots on Arrow and sort of uh, kind of return to a less superpowered, less uh, mystical, magical kind of uh, outlook. More like a season one, season two kind of a vibe. Uh, where you do get some of those things, but not nearly as much as you've gotten in like season three and four and stuff like that. Um, they did cast somebody in the role of a character known as Wild Dog. Uh, and I mentioned that only because I do the Action Comics Weekly podcast and Wild Dog has a heavy presence in that. Um, uh, you know, whatever. It, we'll see. Um, and they also announced that Katie Cassidy has a contract to show up in all of the uh, DC uh, TV shows. Like she's going to be appearing in all of them, I think. I think, including Supergirl. So I don't know how that's going to work, but we'll see that. Uh, and Kitty Cassidy, of course, is the, the girl who plays um, Laurel, for those who uh, who, who remember that. Um, but the big one, the big news regarding Arrow Season 5, is that a man named, uh, a young man named Joe, and I don't know how to say the last name correctly, so forgive me, but I'm going to go with Dean Uh, that's D-I-N-I-O-C-L or something something like that, D-Nickel or something like that, Uh, he has been cast as a character called Rory Regan. And Rory Regan, for those of you who don't know, is the Ragman.
1: Oh, Chad, you're so happy.
0: That is right! (laughs) Ragman is coming to live-action On a CW TV show. In a recurring role. What? (laughs) What in the holy hell. Is going on? (laughs) Like. And I said this in my Facebook live video that I did. Yes I did a whole like hour long Facebook live video. um, About this news. So yeah. And I still have more to say. Uh, And I posted a blog about it. (laughs) And I still have more to say. Uh, So. Regan the Ragman is appearing on the CW. Like when they announced that Firestorm was going to be showing up on the Flash, I remember Shag over on the Fire and Water Network, or the guy who runs the Firestorm fan blog, saying like, you know, he just like he was shocked, like he he never really thought it would happen. I don't know. Like Firestorm is still big enough, at least in my mind, and always kind of has been that I always thought that there was at least a chance. You know, like, it was probably going to happen at some point, it's just a matter of when. Ragman? Like, I'm not going to say I'm his biggest fan, I'm just probably one of his more vocal ones at the moment. I never thought we'd get a live-action Ragman. Like, of all the characters, like what, regardless of how you break down DC Comics in category, whether we go our, our powerhouse hitters and our street-level street, street level vigilantes and our space people and our our, our magical-mystical side. Like, if we were going to make a movie about magical-mystical side of the DC universe, you'd get Constantine and Zatanna and Swamp Thing and Dead Man and, like way, way, way down the list is, like, Ragman, like, with Detective Chimp. Like, (laughs) like, like it was never going to be a live action thing. Like, it wasn't going to happen.
1: There's your new show coming to the CW next year, Ragman and Detective Chimp.
0: (laughs) Shadow Pack. Nice. Uh, I I don't know how they're going to do it. Like, the trailer for Arrow Season 5 had a scene featuring the Ragman uh, in in it, and it was been, it's it's been since been confirmed that is the Ragman. Um, and I posted some pictures on thesuitofsouls.blogspot.com um, of that, and he doesn't look quite the same. I mean, he's he's recognizable, you know. He's got a suit that is made of uh, it's it's it looks it looks messy, it looks junky, it looks. Uh, you know, it, it is a patchwork suit. Uh, it definitely has a hood and it definitely has some sort of a face mask, uh, whether it's just like a domino mask or like a half mask kind of cowl thing, I don't know, or a full full face blocking mask like uh, the Ragman in the comics has. <clears throat> I don't know. It's kind of hard to see. Um, and he's, instead of like a cape, he's got like a kind of a trench coat kind of a thing, which kind of still gives you the, the cape effect in a way. Um, but I said on my blog that like, I just, I'm not ready to judge it yet. I'm just, I'm just happy that Ragman's showing up. I'm just kind of swaying in the shock that it's actually going to be a thing. Um, to my knowledge, I don't even think Ragman's ever even shown up in animation. Like he's making the jump straight from comics to live action. That's crazy to me. That is just insane. Um, I don't know even why they picked him. I don't know what part he could possibly be playing in the show. And that's kind of the reason I brought up the news that Arrow was talking about, how they wanted to go kind of back to formula. If they want to get away from everything, then w- the question I have to ask, and I've been asking you know, on my live video and on my blog, is, well, what Ragman are we going to get? Are we going to get the pre-crisis version of Ragman? which they never explicitly stated, but they essentially, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that he got his powers from like grabbing on to his father and his father's friends as they were being electrocuted and their, their abilities transferred into him as they were dying. Like they were all, uh, his, his, his father's friends were like carnival people. So they were like, um an acrobat and a circus strongman, you know that kind of thing. So he had, you know, enhanced strength and, you know, agility, so on and so forth. Or are they going to go with Post-Crisis Ragman, which is the the Suit of Souls concept where it's heavily rooted in Judaism uh and uh, Jewish mythology and folklore and, you know, the patches absorb the souls of the evil doers and the person who wears the Ragman suit can call upon those souls for knowledge and power. And that's how those souls pay penance for their evil deeds, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, Either way, it sounds like a juxtaposition against what they've seemingly said that they're trying to get away from. Which makes me think, well, is a third option that Rory in the Ragman suit is just going to be a straight vigilante. Just a dude in a suit with his own motivations and ends and trying, but he has no powers, He's just a dude out there, you know, trying to scare people and, you know, going through with his own agenda and motivations. And if that's the case, I'm gonna be kind of pissed. If that's the case and it's just a means to an end, like it's, uh, you know, like they did with Barry uh, when they first introduced him in Arrow, they really set up who Barry was, what his motivations were, what his history is, uh, you know, kind of his whole ideology and, and character, and then they gave him powers. I wonder if they might be doing the same thing for for Rory. Not that I expect there to be like a spinoff Ragman TV show out of it, but I wonder if they're kind of doing the same thing that they did for Barry, but just in series with Arrow. It I don't know.
1: Be. It could be. Let's let's just be. Let's just hope he doesn't. Your your boy Ragman doesn't just look come out looking like Pigpen. Pen. <laughs> <laughs> throw a couple of microfiber cloths on him and throw some dirt on them. There you go. <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> we gotta save the money somewhere, buddy. I'm sorry. i have got to ask. Have you ever re- read Ragman? I have never read Ragman on his own. I think most of my experience with him happens to be with the uh, what the Day of Judgment when Hal be- or Judgment Day when Day be- Hal became the Specter, and also a little bit from the uh, Shadow Pact. I think.
0: And Rain in Hell, I assume.
1: Yeah, a little bit of that, too.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, you got to read his uh, original miniseries, uh, and pre-crisis, and the first post-crisis miniseries. Just to get a good idea of pre- and post-crisis, Ragman. Because that's good stuff. Um, it's uh, Yeah, it's, speaking of, there was actually a, uh, one of the guys on the Fire and Water Network, and I don't mean like a, a podcaster. He might have a podcast, I don't know. Um, Everybody does chess. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, uh, <laughs> we each have two. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the uh, point, but yes.
1: <laughs> Everybody under the sun
0: has one these days. Uh, but You, you uh, too can have a podcast. He said he was going – he messaged me the other day, like literally the day before this news broke actually. And he uh, – that's which is kind of weird <laughs> now that I think about it. But literally the day before this news news broke, uh, some guy from the Fire and Water network reached out to me and he's like, "Hey, you know, I was recently going through my uncle's, you know, comics, his old comics, and I found this and he sent me a picture of Ragman number 1. He's like, it, it, I think it needs a good home." Yeah, obviously he was offering it to me, you know, to send it to me. And I said, "You know, I've already got it, <laughs> but you're well you're welcome to send it to me. I you know, I always love more copies." And I messaged him back and I was like, "Wait, have you even read that?" And he goes, no. I was like, well, we'll read it. He goes, you know, if he goes, well, is it any good? You know, if I like it, I'm going to end up keeping it. I was like, I'll take that chance. Ragman is that good, people. Like, I know people are like, you know, they, they have their own uh, trepidations about the character. Just sometimes based on visuals, sometimes based on what people hear about him via concepts, especially the way I described uh, the, the post-crisis Ragman. But it's, um, it's a good story. It's a good, in one of the things I like that they kept from pre-crisis to post-crisis is Roy's father ran a junk shop in Gotham, uh, in, in a slum of Gotham, uh, called Rags and Tatters. Uh, and one of, what one of the things that, uh, Roy's dad did, uh, Jerry, his name was Jerry. That's G-E-R-R-Y, that, that, that Jerry, um, you know, people would come in and they'd try and hawk stuff, uh, for some extra cash or whatever. Uh, and they'd sell it to, uh, Mr. Reagan and, and rags, at rags and tatters. So they could, you know, just get by, you know, buy food for the families, whatever. And they'd take like precious things like, you know, this is my grandfather's gold watch, you know, and it's been in my family for, you know, you know, those types of things. And, and, uh. Jerry would give them money for it and keep it in the store, but not put it out for sale. It was almost like he was giving them a temporary loan kind of a thing. Uh, And he was always a man that was interested in helping his family and his community and saw his community as his family. Um, And after he died or was murdered, uh, actually murdered, considering both pre and post-crisis for different reasons, but pre and post-crisis uh uh, jerry Regan was uh murdered um rory kept up the shop of rags and tatters but also kept that same ideology he was a man intent on protecting his community um and there's a lot of heart in all of these stories um so I that's part of the reason I I really enjoy it, and I I, I mean obviously it's Eros and they've got other things like this, since they're introducing Wild Dog and you know they're going to be doing like a new kind of team dynamic since they're kind of building up the Mister Terrific character and you know so on and so forth. I really doubt they're going to go as deep into Rory as you know exploring his uh, you know his relationship with Rags and Tatters and like you know like giving us a whole history and background of Rory, but. It'd still be cool to see, and, and part of the reason I bring this up is because I only have two questions with regards to uh, Ragman and live action on Arrow. The first one, obviously, is which Ragman are we getting? The second one is, will Rory be Jewish? Now, in the comics, his father was a religious man, but Rory was more of a—and and forgive me if this sounds like— whatever uh insensitive rory was more a traditional jew as opposed to a practicing jew um you know he definitely observed like hanukkah and and stuff like that you know and there's been stories where you see him talking to uh, and, and conversing with a rabbi to kind of you know for for guidance and stuff like that but he never struck me as a particularly religious man. I mean he obviously had some sort of basic belief but uh, was still kind of finding himself in it all. I don't know. I, maybe I haven't read enough uh, or maybe I'm reading into things. But that's kind of my perception of it. And especially if they go with post-Crisis Ragman, the, the whole Suit of Souls concept was built up and attached, and, and attached to the Legend of the Golem. So, and that's obviously a very heavily, you know, Jewish story uh, and folklore. So, like, if if it is post crisis Ragman, if it is a suit that can't absorb the souls of evil doers, are they going to keep why it's that got this capability in terms of the Jewish uh, mythology, or will they avoid it entirely? Because I've I've noticed that in an era of inclusion, which is fantastic, you know, we've got people of all different races and genders, and we kind of swap out some of them sometimes for some major characters or minor characters, and it doesn't really matter. And, you know, various uh, sexualities and ways ways people identify that I, I still see people's religion being shied away from sometimes. And I don't mean that, you know, like, as a criticism, it's just that, You know, there's obviously a way to portray someone as being religious in a way that is just a part of their character and not necessarily like you're preaching to your audience. So I'm wondering if the CW, you know, depending on, you know, ABCD factor will follow that history that Rory and the Ragman has with Jewish folklore and mythology. Will they show him as a religious, a, a religious in some way, shape or form man and how will they do it? Or are they? Do you think the CW might like shy away from it because, well, it's it it might cause just too much of a problem more than it's worth, and we could do it this way and still be safe.
1: Hmm. It's an interesting debate. I, if I had to guess, I don't know if if it's that important to his character. I don't necessarily know they'll do away with it. Maybe they'll just try to tone it down a little bit. Maybe, maybe make not make the religious overtones, you know, as noticeable. Maybe, but we'll see. I don't know. At least it's a good problem to have right now, Chad. At least you're. (laughs)
0: That's true. That's true. Uh, And and speaking speaking of Arrow, they did announce. I don't know if you ever heard if you heard of this. I'm still assuming you did. Um, There is something Green Lantern related happening this season, like a character uh, who ends up becoming Hal Jordan's sister-in-law. Is coming to Arrow.
1: Yes, I did. I did. Yeah, because I remember I posted something on the on the Facebook page about that months ago, like a month or so ago when that when it first leaked. Yeah, that's kind of cool. So so slowly but surely drawing Hal in.
0: <laughs> I hope so. I, I want to see Green Lantern on in DC TV so bad, and now that Jeff is so you know a big part of this, if you noticed that. You know, DC kind of had this directive, like, you know, don't put ABCD character in your TV shows because we have plans to do them with this. Like the biggest example, of course, being Arrow had flat uh, had uh, plans for um, Suicide Squad. And they were told that one. I mean, they did a lot with the Suicide Squad towards the beginning, Um, but then they nixed the big plans that they had because DC said, okay, you kind of got to wean that away because we're going to we're going to start doing this this movie thing. Um, but since Jeff Johns has shown up, they've cast a Superman, you know, and in like so on and so forth. So I'm wondering if maybe Jeff's more direct involvement means that we're okay with ha- – like, you know, DC's uh, stance now is like we're okay with having TV versions and movie versions. Hopefully. God, I hope so. <laughs> All right, I've been talking for a while. You want to take some of the Marvel stuff Christy. for TV? Of course.
1: Give me the Marvel stuff. <laughs> you are the Marvel guy when it comes to the movies. The movies! The movies! Yeah. The TV shows I bear. I'll go through generally what we... The things that they t- we got little bits and tastes of, and then we can break it down if we want to. Uh, so, what, they had a Luke Cage trailer, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, Iron Fist.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They had a teaser for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which, which of course, hints at Ghost Rider coming. Uh, outright I know, I know. Says- <laughs> I, I just used tease to, a second ago, that's why I picked a different word But it, it's, a, it, it's, a, it's a teaser that teases Ghost Rider <laughs> um, when, they,
0: when they show a flaming skull and a flaming chain and then and then, and then there's a reveal at Comic-Con of a, of a black car with the engine sticking out of the hood. Vengeance is
1: coming <laughs> <laughs> It
0: says vengeance is coming It's definitely Ghost Rider <laughs> It's the Spectre!
1: Um, let's see, um, Daredevil and they had some pseudo, but teaser for the, the defenders, right?
0: I didn't see that. Um, but I yet, think they
1: had something for the defenders. I
0: think. It. I think with Daredevil, I think all it was was they just announced there will be a Daredevil season. Yes, I think that is
1: correct. Yeah. Uh, of the main trailers, the actual footage was for Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Shield. Um, Daredevil, I'd like to. See, I think I mentioned before season. Two, I liked better than season one, so I'm now kind of on board enough to want to watch season three. Uh, Luke Cage, I did like him certainly better than Jessica Jones on the Jessica Jones show, so I would probably be willing to see how that starts. Mm. Iron Fist, I like in the comic books. I just don't know if I'm going to buy it, if if I had that much of an interest to watch it. But it's Netflix, so I'll have an opportunity to. So I'll, I'll probably give it a shot. And The Defenders... The defenders seems like a good idea because it's kind of like it's kind of like you, you're, like your C plus Avengers <laughs> or B minus if you want to be kind. But to me, like these aren't your these aren't your father's defenders. <laughs> for the most part, these really aren't any of your classic defenders. So I don't know how much of an appeal that's gonna have for me. Yeah, you throw in the Punisher and things like that too. That might that's gonna make it a little bit more intriguing. And maybe it'll be more intriguing just to get Iron Fist and uh, Luke Cage working together, <laughs> more than anything. But it's a cool concept, so I certainly would be willing to g- to give that a shot. But I would say probably, I don't think there's anything that if I watched Agents of Shield, sure, I'd be excited about Ghost Rider showing back up. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, that would make sense. Ghost Rider showing back up in the Marvel proper universe, as opposed to being uh, out out in the Fox f- Foxland or whatever. <laughs> Uh, but I, but none of, none of this really excites me all that much, but that's not, that's just because of my general interest. Uh, even though, to be fair, at least the DC movie stuff, I think was certainly better this year. As we, once we, once we crossed and get past the TV shows, I think they certainly, those, those were more intriguing and interesting to me than the TV stuff for both Marvel and DC.
0: Yeah, I was gonna read this. <clears throat> I've always liked Ghost Rider. I wouldn't say he's one of my favorite um, characters, um, and he, he's definitely up there, but not you know in, in a top five or top ten list. He's, he's definitely something that intrigues me anytime he shows up. Um, always enjoyed the concept of you know you know I like Dead Man, I like the I like Ragman, I like the Spectre, I like Phantom Stranger. Of course, I like Ghost Rider. You know, it, he kind of fits right in there with all of those. Uh, other than the fact that he's Marvel and those other ones are DC um but i took a screenshot of the comicbook.com uh thing this is a different version of ghost rider uh, uh than the one we're used to it says as indicated in previous reports the ghost rider appearing on agents of shield would be the marvel now version of the character robbie reyes reyes took the ghost took up the ghost rider uh mantle following a misunderstanding that resulted in being gunned down in the streets he was revived by the ghost of eli morrow his estranged uncle and satanic serial killer. Permanently bonded with the spirit of vengeance, Robbie satiates Eli's thirst for murder by killing only those with truly evil souls. When he is not in his transformed state, Robbie takes care of Gabe, his developmentally disabled brother, and attends high school. This iteration of the character swaps out Ghost Rider's iconic motorcycle for a sleek black Dodge
1: Charger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you're still excited about it after reading that? <laughs> I, I,
0: I, I am because I have heard a lot of good things about that, that new Ghost Rider. Now, obviously when it was first teased, when it, the concept was first released, there was a lot of naysayers, but now that it's had several issues to kind of find its feet, I've heard good things about it. It might intrigue me to go back. Cause I do watch agents of shield. Um, it might intrigue me to go back and try and pick up a few issues and see what I think about it. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I, I prefer the, and it sounds like the spirit of vengeance kind of thing is still kind of involved here, but I just, I don't know. Something about the, the, the biker ghost rider is just, you know, and I know the movies were stupid, but like, just remember in the movie, like, the first one in particular, because I don't think... I, I still haven't seen the second one. But in the first one, when he, like, rides the motorcycle up the side of the building and is, like, whipping around the chain, it just it just looks... It's such a cool visual. This skeleton with its head on fire and the flames on the wheels and the chain. It, was just, it has this really cool look and kind of badass, but still, like... Super serious, uh, you know, you should be shitting your pants when this thing appears in front of you kind of a thing. Like, I, I don't know. That just seems like a cool thing to me. And this one, like, it's it's like, it's almost like this guy, unless it's just the art style, it's almost like this guy is wearing, like, a skull mask and his head's on fire and he drives a charger. I mean, that, that kind of stuff is, you know, I don't know. It's just, I'll I'll, have, I'll definitely have to see how it plays out in live action and maybe... Read a couple of the comics and see what's going on because I just a big part of why I like Ghost Rider is just the visual and the feel. So we'll have to see, I guess.
1: Yeah, at least he's not riding a ten-speed <laughs> tricycle. It's <laughs> a quad. He's riding a quad.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anything else on the TV side of things? I. Uh,
1: I don't think so. Oh, Justice League Action? Is that what it's called? Oh, oh, the animated show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they had a panel.
0: It exists. They showed the first episode, I think, uh, at at Comic-Con. They mentioned that it got extremely well received by everybody, that it's going to be awesome. Uh, One thing of note for me, um, since I'm a Firestorm fan, uh, is that Firestorm kind of had a brief cameo. Um, So I don't
1: know. It, that's I, the, that's the show that's supposed to have Blees and Dexstar on it, right? I don't know. Are there? Is it? I think so. Some something. I thought I thought some animated. Sh- There's only one animated show, I think, and I thought that was. I thought there was a. Let's see if I can find it as we're talking about something else. Uh, I thought there was mention of Blees and uh and Dexstar. Hmm. Red Lanterns, Blees, and Dexter are featured in Justice League Action Reel at Comic Con. Oh, cool!
0: All right. Uh, well, uh, on to movies then. On to
1: movies. All right. So, do you do do DC first? Because DC certainly won, for the most part. They won the movies this time around, at least.
0: Wonder at least, Woman looks so good. At
1: least, in, at least when it comes to trailers. But of course, they had more to offer because Marvel really was extremely low profile from a movie point of view.
0: Wonder Woman looks so
1: awesome. So, you want to do Wonder Woman first? No pun intended. Uh... I liked... So we got the first full trailer of Wonder Woman besides so that little teaser that they showed which was okay but since they ripped off some of the footage from Batman versus Superman it kind of ruined it for me. <laughs> uh... I, this... I like... This... This gives you a little bit more... This trailer gives you a little bit more of Diana's background. It gives you... The costume is really cool. You get to see the lasso in use a lot more. Mm-hmm. That was a big... That was a big selling point. Uh... Playing up the interaction with men or the lack thereof. <laughs> uh, Chris Pine was good. Chris Pine's usually good, but she does look. Gal Gadot looks badass, and and I think you get a little more confident. It gives you a little more confidence that she can pull it off acting wise. Still only a trailer, but I think it it certainly ups the ante for a character. That, for the, you know for the premiere in her own movie of a character that people really really liked in Batman versus Superman and that was one of the main probably one of the two characters people really liked coming out of Batman and Superman Wonder Woman was one of them <laughs> so the idea that so people had even though you know we know what people thought of Batman versus Superman as a whole but Wonder Woman got some good street cred out of it <laughs> so people were still somewhat enthusiastic about her movie despite you know the turd that she was born in but this kinda this kinda upset a little bit more, so I think people are definitely looking forward to it even more. I'm a little more pumped for it. I, so I think I think there's a lot to like in that trailer.
0: I wonder what lessons D C learned from Captain America the first Avengers to make this movie.
1: Oh making a period piece. Yeah. You would think they would should have learned a lot. I mean I mean about being it will be curious to see if it's an entire, once again, if it's 100% an entire period piece or whether there's like an, like the beginning and end kind of, or like in modern times.
0: Well, see, I think the, the problem with the wonder woman thing is yes. It in man's world, it takes place in, you know, was it world? Is it world war one or two?
1: This one is world war one. They're doing.
0: That's what I thought. Okay. So it takes place during world war one but you have to also know that you're getting kind of diana's history as well as the mascara and the fact that it's you know paradise island is is a uh, is still pretty ensconced in like ancient rome sort of look and feel so even though they do the right thing by making it a period piece i wonder if and I'm not trying to find, you know, reasons to dislike it, because I, I it built up a, gr- a great deal of goodwill for me. I mean, I, I it looks exciting. It looks like a great movie um, so far. But I wonder if the way those two worlds meet will do more harm than good to that narrative. Just visually, you know, seeing like modern day, quote unquote modern day, soldiers and people going up against you know, women in, you know, ancient, you know, battle armor. You know what I mean? Like, right. So, like, I I, I don't know. Like, like, obviously, you know, stranger things have happened and worked. But I just, I, you know, I'm just curious. That's an aspect of a, you know, quote-unquote period piece that Captain America Winter Soldier really didn't have to do. I mean, there was a lot of stuff, you know... Hinting at Asgard and stuff like that in in Captain America was never really actually shown until you get to Thor. So like you never really had to worry about those two worlds kind of meeting. It was more of like you know you know what's his name um, Red Skull says you know he kind of gives you kind of a brief history of 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 Asgard and you know yggdrasil and the, you know all that other stuff. But that's that's kind of the extent of it you know it's kind of like a, it's, it's a couple of dialogue pieces and a cool carving in a church and that's about it you kind of move on with the narrative
1: that is true Wonder Woman does have a does have a bigger hill to climb on that on the level of compatibility if you will between you know that that their world and, and our world whichever version of our our world you're talking about obviously now would be even more more of an a, in modern America, modern, uh, the world, right now, the modern world, not just, you know, the World War One, which is modern, in, in, in our origin movie time, but either way, it's going to be a contrast, more of a contrast now, it will be a contrast then, I think they'll make, I, I, that's not my greatest concern, uh, so I think, I don't think that'll make or break it, not, not, so I, I think that movie will be, <laughs> that movie has a greater chance to to have good buzz and good feeling about it not just because of Gal Gadot, but we know that movie had the the least amount of Zack Snyder influence on it from the start (laughs) so and as as when we cross over and talk about Justice League it's interesting to see the tone of that trailer and talk about that because uh, let's go ahead you want to just transition into it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Ju-
1: I really liked the Justice League trailer. I mean, I did too. The things that I didn't like going in, or the things I had question marks about going in, are still question marks. Like I, but they play, but they're smart enough to play up what really worked in Batman versus Superman. First of all, Ben Affleck is the best thing they have going for them, <laughs> and they're smart enough to play it up. Uh, his maybe the. The the only complaint I think you could make about him in this trailer is that his Batman, his excuse me, his Bruce Wayne is a little too jokey, maybe. His Batman, his Batman, is seems to still be the way you would expect it to be. But his, even though we don't get as much, you you barely get Batman, you mostly get Bruce Wayne. But the Bruce Wayne seems a little bit, maybe a little more Tony Starkish, which probably isn't really Bruce Wayne, and it's not. And if and lighting, lightening up the tone, which whether you believe Snyder or not, it was always the intent. Let's just, let's assume we don't, and say that was something that they kind of was mandated for after Batman vs. Superman. It's like you got to bring some joy into this mother effort. <laughs> that Batman's... Bruce Wayne, is not the character to do that. He shouldn't be. Bruce Wayne should be dark. And it doesn't mean he can't be funny once in a while. Even Christian Bale's Batman or Bruce Wayne was funny once in a while. But a lot of the Almost all the humor in this trailer, other than there was a little bit from the Flash, and obviously, the, not counting the banter between Wonder Woman and and Bruce Wayne, it all was Bruce Wayne who bringing the humor, other than I think the Flash, and I do like the fact that they they're obviously they, they're establishing a nice at least on screen relationship between Gal Gadot and Ben Affleck.
0: Yeah, do you think they're going to go Batman Wonder Woman romance? Like some of like you know they kind of maybe. were pursuing a little bit in the Justice League animated series it's, and it's
1: a bunch possible. of other sources. They certainly have a I think they certainly have a really good connection. And you got a little bit of the a little bit of the tension almost in a different kind of way, but very similar to maybe the Michael Keaton Michelle Pfeiffer kind of thing in Batman returns that you had there was a little bit of that between Affleck and Godot in Batman versus Superman when they were kind of like, but they were still kind of rivals. But just seeing them interact, you can see that they 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 get along. You know, they their characters get along well or have a good rapport now, and you kind of feel that way about. There's a certain chemistry between the actors, so so that makes so that works. Uh, cyborg looks cool, but it's still cyborg, so I don't care honestly. But he looks cool. And he and he does give and he does kind of like feed you know feed uh Ben Affleck the best he's he's straight man for the to me like the my favorite line in the trailer when he goes
0: uh didn't think you were real
1: I'm real and it's useful <laughs> that 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 I liked uh ba- the Barry Allen Flash thing is interesting because again it's not your traditional Barry Allen I don't really know if I like this whole nerdy Completely socially inept, you know, kitty version of Barry Allen, Wally. <laughs> yeah, even more so than Wally. Uh, but yeah, maybe Kid Flash, Wally, maybe yeah. But I don't. I don't know. I don't. It was funny in the trailer, and I and I and I and the way it hints at a good, which maybe they kind of were foreshadowing with the uh, you know how why Bruce. Gets visited by Barry in that kind of like that future, that dream sequence slash futures from, from the future sequence when the Flash comes to for, to Bruce. That it seems like they could be establishing again a nice rapport between Barry and Bruce. Just like it goes, Barry Allen, Bruce Wayne.
0: You said that like it explains why there's a total stranger sitting in the dark in my second favorite chair.
1: Just a little he, the way they play the, the way they play off each other. Like can I keep that when he catches his batarang? I do like the rapport. I still don't know if I like the kind of where they're going with the Flash. Um, and Aquaman, I'm not sold on either because I don't like the look and I don't like how they're going to make them. But, but I, but the Ben, but the Ben Affleck part. Ben Affleck really, really sells it, and he's the best part, best thing they have going for it, along with Wonder Woman. So they were smart enough to really, really make that the focal point and kind of bring everybody in on the side. And I kind of thought they were smart not to bring Superman in too.
0: At yeah. This point. Yeah. I I I don't have anything else to really add. I just I, I enjoyed it. Um, it's still kind of visually dark.
1: Yes. Uh, well, a lot of it was at what at night. Some of it was at night and, and kind of like in the in the gloomy by the sea stuff with with Aquaman. And yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a huge amount of fr- of physical brightness. Yes, but I mean, as far as tone. There, there there definitely was there definitely was humor, a lot of humor in the trailer. Mm-hmm. So that, so, so you could see at the very least they decided, you know, they knew that we got to try. We at least have to start right off the bat, start marketing this movie differently than we did Batman versus Superman, uh, and kind of like foreshadowing what, what the mother box like being buried on Earth or yeah. whatever it looked like. So they kind of they they fed, you know they fed you some some tidbits and some. Crumbs to lead you towards, you know, what the plot could be, in very simple terms, and and what the team's going to be like. It still kind of sucks that it, when it doesn't look like we're going to have Green Lantern at least until maybe the end of the movie. We know Superman will be in there, uh, but the, but Ben Affleck and I think is the best thing they have going, and Gal Gadot could be the could very well be the second best thing they have going, and they are smart to smart to play that up. So I think that trailer especially was very, very effective. And I think you got to give them th- – have to give DC thumbs up because that might be the best trailer. And, they, and of course, they had another Suicide Squad trailer too, which I didn't watch because I don't really care at this point. I mean, I'm probably going to see Suicide Squad. I don't need to see another trailer one way or another to convince me or not convince me. It's just – it's no, it's not a subject matter. They're not characters I really care about. I might go see it. It's not gonna really influence my my desire to see Justice League or Wonder Woman one way or the other, you know.
0: Yeah. Alright, moving on. <laughs> yeah, you know what it is.
1: Lego Batman. <laughs> black
0: and yellow, black and yellow. <laughs> it's been a long
1: God, it's been a long time since the Lego movie, right? Hasn't it been like yeah. this, over like been like two to two to three years?
0: Something like two? that it looks awesome dude it, it looks so good uh so the plot is kind of been revealed now like it's gonna be basically a robin intro movie um that that which is which is kind of cool i mean it, it, it makes sense you know as much as you or i would want to see a b c or d it's still really a kids movie kind of i mean there's a lot in there for comic fans and adults just like there is in a lot of animated features these days but the reality is, the Lego Movie was extremely popular with kids, and they need to maintain and and you know they're, if they're going to offer up a you know a kind of sequel slash spinoff to it, it needs to have something geared towards them. So the fact that it's introducing Robin, I don't even know why I didn't think of it before. Um, it completely makes sense. Uh, it, it and it, it was it's awesome. It's, it looks funny, um, <laughs> you know. I think. <laughs> I think uh, Lego Batman might be like my second or third favorite Batman on this film ever. Like, just, <laughs> I just think it's, I think he's funny. I think he's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a cool take. I think it's very interesting and I think it's, you know, like every other line out of his mouth is hilarious to me. Like, I don't know. What did you think of it?
1: I liked it. I like, I mean, I just, I obviously you know batman was pretty much if he wasn't the highlight of the lego movie he was right up there <laughs> uh it just seems like it's been so long getting this movie you know from from afterthought to yeah we should do it to yeah okay and then it's like year, years in production it seems later
0: well it does take a lot of work to do stuff. No, music.
1: i know i know it does I'm, I'm not saying it should have been out like in six months i it's not like they're making a Friday the Thirteenth movie where they can probably pull that. Oh, they used to be able to pull that off. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I like the Lego movie. I like I like a lot of the Lego stuff. I Like the Lego Star Wars movies. I like uh, the Justice League movies when they do that. So uh, it's cool. It's pretty clever. The animation works. So I, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. So I think. I, I'm kind of the audience that they don't have to worry about convincing for the most part. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, I know Joker's going to be involved in it in some way, and it's like it's a com- it's been teased as a like a and and, and you know they, they use these kind of buzzwords bef- you know a lot of, a lot when they tease a movie, but this this time I actually believe it just because of a, of its format. They, they they talk about how the relationship between Batman and Joker will be something you've never seen before. So I, it, it, which you know makes sense, given the context of the movie uh, and its audience. But I think you know I, I'm really intrigued to see how
1: that plays out. It'll be his brother, <laughs> hey, Shemp, Shemp Wayne. Uh,
0: but and yeah, and,
1: and, and, that, and that's a shout out and that's a shout out to Ryan's Star Wars podcast because they, they were they were they were talking about the fact that uh brief aside how on Star Wars the next season of Rebels, how they're going to introduce Grand Admiral Thrawn officially into canon.
0: Oh, yeah, I saw that.
1: And and how, uh, but, how, um, Mickelson's, uh, Mickelson's brother is going to be doing the voice, <laughs> going to be doing the voice of Grand Admiral Thrawn, and and, and I think, uh, and there was a joke on the, uh, it might have been, I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember, I don't think it was Ryan who actually made the joke, but, but the joke was made in the podcast, and maybe there's like a third Mickelson brother named Shemp, like from the Three Stooges. So that's why I did the Shemp Wayne thing. <laughs> 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 Plus, I always like Shemp as a stooge. So, I... <laughs> but yeah, Rebels, which is not related to Comic Con, but that's 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 kind of. I mean, I'm not a big Grand Emerald Throne guy because I still, and I think I've mentioned this before too. Maybe when we, even when Ryan was on one of her shows, I think the Timothy Zahn trilogy is a tad overrated as far as the expanded universe stuff. I think people love it because it was the first stuff. But Thrawn was a cool character, so introducing a version of him into actual continuity that that should make that should make a lot of people happy. Though it will also confuse a lot of people because people are gonna go, "Oh, that means all those those books really happened." It's like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> they they kind of always reserve the right to 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 kind of pick and choose what they wanted from the from the expanded universe canon to bring back and make canon, or to just modify. So they kind of reserved the right to 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 do that. So that's that's an example where it kind of seems to fit bringing it into Rebels. It kind of it, it kind of makes sense. But sorry, I didn't mean uh, to hijack you there.
0: No, it's all right. Uh, yeah, the Lego Batman movie looks just awesome. It visually looks really cool too. I mean, I know. You know, it's it's the Lego stop motion thing in the Lego movie looked amazing. But I don't know, this like, <laughs> when, like when Robin like he, he he like gasps and he goes <gasps> Batman, whoa
1: You're darn right, whoa.
0: Wait, does Batman live in Bruce Wayne's basement?
1: No, Bruce Wayne lives in Batman's
0: attic. Like <laughs> 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 oh, I thought that was hilarious, and <laughs> you know, like the the whole like password thing to get into the Batcave. It's like, you know hey, computer, is like, hey, computer, I'm home. What is the password? Na, 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 Batman. Thank you. I love it. <laughs> just, oh my! It just looks great. Uh, but moving on. So, uh, we're going into Marvel now. So, take it away, Marvel guy.
1: Well, the the only real trailer. The only real movie trailer we got for Marvel was Doctor Strange. Yes. So we had already gotten a teaser for Doctor Strange, which was a pretty decent length and content-wise. That, that was a decent teaser trailer. This trailer, I like this trailer. I don't know if it – I like both trailers. I don't know if this one knocked this, my socks off any too that much more, other than the fact that you got to see, obviously, a lot more finished special effects – and a lot how they're going to be doing with the different dimensions and the re- and the and the magic and I don't know I you got to see more of the cast clearly I do like that little Wi-Fi password joke at the end of the trailer that was funny uh, that was kind of good but <laughs> but for the most part it was it, it in a way it's going it to be your typical Marvel origin movie in a way about you know the having having to more like a well not, maybe not your to be fair, actually thinking about it, in the, moral, in the Marvel movies, they re- haven't always had the characters have to struggle to, you know, be, get their get their confidence to you know to to overcome everything. Like like Cap like Steve, like Captain America pretty much had confidence, and and even Iron Man pretty much had confidence. <laughs> Thor needed to get it, Thor needed to become not a, not an idiot anymore, but that's not but he always was brave. <laughs> but I, but it was more like a coming of age kind of thing with Doctor Strange learning his new skills and and having to accept the fact that he's able that he actually has the power to basically save all of reality in a way uh but the visuals are really impressive i thought
0: yeah speaking of the visuals like i i wonder like like cuz i've read enough doctor strange to know that he operates and sees things in a dimension that even though it's happening and very real to him in the, in the here and now, we as, you know, quote-unquote, we as the general public don't see it. Um, but, that being said, speaking of the visuals in this trailer, if even half of what we see in this trailer takes place right before the general public's, you know, uh, very eyes, <laughs> like, this is going to turn the Marvel Universe on its head. Like, in terms of, like, what they've already seen in terms of aliens and you know, Thor and Hulk and, like, you know, all of these other things, when they get introduced to magic, they're going to flip their shit. Like, they are going to be just completely baffled all over again. Uh, So, like, I mean, I obviously don't think that the general public is going to see, like, that... It was New York, right? Yes. Like, New York go all Inception, (laughs) you know? That's exactly
1: what I was going to say. The... The, the the glimpse of the other dimension/magic was a very inception like a uh, design with things kind of folding into each other and being upside down and and intersecting and it was yeah
0: like a jackson pollock yes yeah yeah i really doubt they're going to see that but it, at the same time it's not like doctor strange keep in mind i haven't read a lot of it but if to my to my knowledge it's not like doctor strange actually i mean i know he has But it's not like he always, when he's fighting these mystical elements, enters another dimension completely. It's just what he can see while in our reality he sees the stuff that we can't. So I imagine he's still fighting the big bad or whatever is going on with his friends and, and colleagues there. Like, in our space but seeing what he sees. So, like, I wonder if he is traversing dimensions... That's one thing, but if he's not, if he's just kind of, you know, if even part of, like I said, if even part of it takes place before the general public's eyes, and I imagine it kind of has to, to make the threat sort of real to, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta raise the stakes for the audience. You know, you gotta, you know, there's, there are things and lives at stake here. So I imagine the general public is going to be threatened and, in, in see the real danger at some point, um. So it's just like, I can't imagine the, the repercussions of this. I, I don't have much else to say about the Doctor Strange trailer other than it looks amazing, but kind of like you were saying about the Suicide Squad trailer, obviously, you know, you're not a big fan of those particular characters, but just in, you know, it, you don't need the trailer to be sold one way or the other. Like, that's kind of how I feel about the new Doctor Strange trailer. It looks great. It looks awesome, you know, but it, it I'm going to go see this movie. <laughs> And not just because it's a Marvel movie, but because the minute they announced it, I knew I was going to go see it. Um, so, like, it's, for me, I don't have much else to say about it other than, it, yep, you confirmed it. It looks like a good movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I I don't think the Doctor Strange trailer was as impressive as the Wonder Woman or the Justice League. It was... I don't know, maybe, part of it is maybe, honestly, the bar was pretty was pretty low going for the Justice League at this point, that, that anything that was halfway decent was going to really look good to us, and anything that looked good was going to look really, really good to it. <laughs> so maybe that was part of it. Uh, but Doctor Strange, I I liked it. I think Cumberbatch is going to do a really good job. I really liked it. I really liked one of the final parts of the trailer, like when he's walking and he, and he kind of starts flipping his cape, and then the cape just goes on him by itself. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. So just symbolically, that 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 that's kind of like badass right there. It's like he's like yeah, he starts he starts tossing the cape to put put over his shoulders, and then the cape just kind of like finishes it by itself and it attaches to him. So that but that pretty much was the main you know that was that was the main visual that we got at least from stuff that was released to the public, like through YouTube and stuff and everything else through the media for Marvel. Uh, Brie Larson was confirmed as Captain Marvel, which mm-hmm. had been rumored for a while.
0: Uh, She's so
1: hot. She is, and she'll probably and she should do. A, she, I think she'll do. I think she'll do a good job. I know some people were still disappointed because they weren't going down the Emily Blunt road, but Emily Blunt, I think, is a little too old for that character at this point. Especially if the, especially if it's a character you want to be a focal point, well beyond phase, you know, well beyond phase three and. And even maybe phase four you don't want to cast somebody who's already honestly getting close to pushing forty uh you're gonna have a hard enough problem even- even if he wants to keep doing it, keeping Robert downey junior being realistic, even though at least with him when he has his armor on, you never see him <laughs> you know other than maybe see and we know they can see g his face to make him look younger we know that. <laughs> um. So that was Captain Marvel. We we I think they show I think they showed a little bit of footage from Spidey, but I don't think they really released it. We know they showed some concept art of of the high tech Vulture, who apparently at least will be the main villain that he's going to be dealing with. And, and, did it look
0: like Did it look like to you that the uh, the Vulture wings? I didn't get a really clear visual of it, but did it, did it look like to you that the Vulture wings took the uh, kind of uh, the 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 tech from uh, falcon no uh well maybe a little bit of that but also the tech from the uh not the helicarrier carriers but the little planes that they have that have the little fans on them like the helicarriers
1: oh i know what you mean yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah the, the yeah i think it.
0: yeah yeah those little planes did it look to you like it's got those fans in it kind of like that maybe yeah
1: but they, yeah but they didn't release they didn't release much even art wise for that so that was that that was an interesting look I guess if you're gonna do the vulture I guess you have to make him look you have to make him pretty badass because as a as a real villain the traditional vulture is not which is probably why Sony kept fighting Ramy hand over fist to make sure he never put the vulture in his movies uh Thor Ragnarok, again, pretty much because they're filming it right now. There was really really nothing really to share, uh, certainly footage-wise. We did get a cool glimpse of the armor, that, again, the Planet Hulk armor, for lack of a better way of describing it, that the Hulk will be using, at least early on in Ragnarok, probably when Thor and Hulk come together for the first time, in a, in a gladi- gladiator arena. So that's kind of cool to see Hulk with, you know, with almost like his Spartan helmet and his axe, and that'll be cool. Um, they had a, they had a full, they had brought the full cast, well, maybe not the entire cast, since we still think that, uh, what's-his-face, uh, Claw, uh, Andy Serkis is probably Mm -hmm. still going to be in Black Panther, but he, he he wasn't there. But the, pretty much the key, the key characters, the main characters, for, that are going to make up the nucleus of the cast of Black Panther, along with Ryan Coogler, uh, that, they, they were there, so there was a little black... And they had a new logo. They had a new logo for almost everything for Marvel, and I don't know how... I'm, some of them worked, and some of them kind of didn't to me. I mean, none of them were great, but... I don't know. Uh, they had... And then, of course, Guardians. We had a, they had a Guardians of the Galaxy panel, which I guess was kind of cool, because they had some of the Ravagers what, dressed up in actual costumes.
0: Mm-hmm. Same thing with
1: Rondo. Uh... So and, you and, say Rondo? Rondo, right? What's his name? Yeah, Rondo. Yeah, I realized I said Rondo at the end. Uh, yeah, Yondu. Yondu. Yes, that's him. Blue face. Uh, I think it was. Yeah, I, I know where I was going with it, but it's irrelevant. <laughs> I was I combined two different things. Uh, but yeah. So the best thing about that panel was, I guess, we you kind of get the confirmation first of who Kurt Russell's going to be playing, which is going to be weird. <laughs> Ego, the Living Planet. That it's going to be the character he's actually playing, which will be an interesting origin in, or of him, and I guess spoiler spoiler alert. I guess he, which I guess he's supposed to be the actual father of Star Lord, which is going to be an interesting take onto itself too. So, but for Marvel, they were pretty they were pretty subdued this time. Were, mm-hmm. There was not a there was not a huge presence for them this time. I guess it makes sense considering so many of these movies are either filming now or like Black Panther is about to start filming in the beginning of next year. That obviously next year should be a big year at Comic-Con time for, uh, for Marvel to push a lot of, actually Guardians will be out, Guardians will be out before then. Uh, but be out right around then. Guardians, actually no, Guardians is May. Guardians is in May, so Guardians will be out before then. That's right. It was supposed to be a July release and they, and they moved it up. So, Marvel will miss some of the stuff to push. You assume Black Panther will get a push. Uh, Ragnarok will get a push. Uh, Infinity War is 2018, right? I think so. So probably there'll be a decent Infinity War presence probably for Comic-Con next year too. And of course, obviously, DC will be pushing Justice League big time uh, at Comic-Con next year. But Marvel was relatively subdued. Maybe they kind of – I don't know. It seemed to be by choice – I think again when you're when you have that kind of level of success, I guess you just you, as long as you don't lay an egg, I guess you're okay. It's, it's kind of enough to go around, and because you knew that maybe because you knew what DC was going to bring to the table, if you didn't have anything that was really really ready to go yet, it kind of made sense not to push some, put something out that might disappoint. There because they're they are well set. But it, it'll be interesting. Uh, so I'd definitely say DC, won of the two studios. This was DC's summer to, to win. DC certainly made it better, made a real effort, I think, to win. Marvel may have won in the TV front, but DC won in the movie front, which is what they needed more. <laughs> so, but good job all the way around, and, and good job for DC to put out two really good trailers. And if and if Suicide Squad is actually halfway decent and people actually like it. Ben DC will actually have a decent amount of... More than a decent amount of momentum, at least heading into Wonder Woman.
0: Yeah. Alright, what else?
1: King Kong. You do Kong.
0: Skull Island. Skull Island. Uh, I I don't have much to say about it. That's why I kind of kept it last. Uh, It it looks good. Um, You know, Kong looks freaking huge. Like huge huge um definitely definitely bigger than he was in um what was the jack black one was it just called king kong yes okay definitely definitely bigger than that um than that iteration um just i mean we're we're talking massive like the way he was supposed to be like in like king kong versus godzilla and all that like he's the size of godzilla (laughs) like he is a massive ape (laughs) so uh i'm definitely looking forward to that it seems like there's a bunch of other um large creatures on this island as well uh which isn't surprising because you know there's always been that that kind of a trope with king kong and skull island and all that he's not the only large you know monstrous type creature out there um and uh, something that should shouldn't exist or should be extinct, uh, but I don't know, man. It just looks good to me. Um,
1: if the one thing about the one thing about Kong's origin, which if they if they're going to stick with it, which is kind of always sad, is the idea that he's the last one, you know, yeah. that he's the last of his kind. And again, I'm not sure. And we I think we we talked about this. I think maybe a little briefly, maybe a long time ago, a little about. Because I, th- I think this was supposed to be based on that graphic novel, which I, which I think was more or less titled the same thing. I think it was like it was. Kong of Skull Island, King of K- – Kong, King of Skull Island or whatever it was, that – which gave you the – which was re- done really well because it was kind of like Carl Denham's son. Carl Denham disappeared and Carl Denham's uh, son basically was able to convince uh, – well, Bruce Cabot's character in the original uh, to, to help him go back – to the island because I guess he found something that his father had left him. I think he was like an archae he became like an archaeologist or something and he just left him something and he found like a hint of where his father went his father I guess was haunted by what he did with more or less for guilt of, of, of actually what happened with King Kong of taking him out of where he belonged and and, he had, and taking him away from where he belonged the people who needed him and just, he felt guilt, so so somehow he almost wanted to make amends, so he went back, he never, he never returned, so, uh, Carl Denham's son got, uh, Bruce Cabot's character to take him back, and he gets, he gets injured by the natives, the son, and while he's being nursed back to health, basically, he's being told the story of, basically, it's King Kong's origin story, we find out that there's, there was this really, really monstrous thing on the island that that, you know, kind of was always a rival between them and, and the and the Kongs, which were what the apes were called, and this, the last, almost like it was the last of both kinds, the last one of this dragon-like thing, dinosaur-like combo, kind of killed Kong's parents in front of him, and Kong was really small, and the natives captured him, and they were trying to train him to fight, and it was almost like a coming of age story for King Kong, because he had to overcome his fear, as well as using what he had, besides his strength, he had to use what, what as a, as a gigantic mammal, what he had that the, that the lizard didn't, which was the intellect. So he's not just a physical a physical creature of destruction. That he's super intelligent, and that's how he was able to destroy. And I think the concept also was that the gate was originally the gate for the villagers was not really built to keep out King Kong or keep out the apes. It was built to keep out this monster. Uh, but that's some that's what the, the graphic novel was kind of based on. So I'm not sure how they're going to pick and choose some of this, but but it is still. It's kind of always sad to me that the idea that he's the, that he he is the last of his kind if they play that up. So no matter how that it's never it's never gonna end well. Even though the one good thing about this movie, you know, is that he's not gonna die at the end. <laughs> That's the one King, one good thing about this King Kong movie. You know, they're not gonna kill him at the end because the whole point of this is to set up King Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs>
0: Which I was about to say, yeah, it's, it, it better be, because, guys, dude, seeing that version of Kong and that version of Godzilla go up against one another, it's going to be so amazing.
1: But I just really hope, again, I hope it's one of those, I mean, it's like a fine line. It's like you don't want it to be where, even though Batman and Superman did fight, have a, they did have a decent fight. They had, like, two fights, but even the one at the end was a pretty decent fight. But yet I don't want it to, but they already established this Godzilla is a good guy. And, me, and me, unless they're going to make Kong the bad guy, which is really kind of throwing things up in the air, if they're both good guys, you really don't want them to be fighting the entire movie. You kind of do want them that may, kind of like the usual. To me, I'd rather see almost the usual where they fight, even if they fight a couple of times, but then they end up coming together to fight something which is worse. But I do, I am intrigued about this. I like Tom Hiddleston. I don't know if I buy Tom Hiddleston as an as an action star. I don't know. Based on the trailer, I kind of get the impression this is going to be one of those Samuel L. Jackson movies that he's not going to live in. <laughs> just by his line about "oh, got to prove that, that that you know, man's still the king," you know, stuff like that. That kind of that just cries out that Kong's probably going to chomp on. him. <laughs> good cast well, though. It's got a good cast though.
0: As far as as far as your opinions on on Kong versus Godzilla, Mark, 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 you forget, you keep forgetting, man. Let them fight-
1: <laughs> boy, boy, yes, boy, yes, but don't forget the context of that statement, in the trailer was not the way it was in the movie
0: <laughs> in
1: in the movie he he was trying to convince the army like don't you know, don't wipe everybody out, let Godzilla have a shot to try to to take take them out on his own as opposed to what your plan was in the trailer, it makes it sound like, oh, you know, just uh, hopefully they'll wipe out each other, let them fight. <laughs>
0: Did you, ever, did, you, did you ever see I think it was uh, How It Should Have Ended for Godzilla
1: oh, I don't know if I watched that one for that movie
0: I think there's a part in there Where the, the, the let them fight and, and then like the general or somebody's like But this and he keeps saying let them fight <laughs> <You know? laughs> And he keeps going back and forth I'll, I'll play it I'll play it I'll play it in here But it, I think it's like
1: The arrogance of man is thinking Nature is in their control and not the other way around. Let them fight. Are you
0: sure there's nothing we can do? Let them fight. Maybe nuke the creatures before they reach a major city. Let them fight. Maybe power down the facilities these monsters feed off of. Let them
1: fight. You
0: just want to see giant monsters fight, don't you? Let them fight.
1: Now, is, is the second Godzilla is the second Godzilla movie coming out before the combo, before the team up?
0: Uh, the second Godzilla movie has nothing to do with the first
1: one. Yeah, I know that, but is it? But is it yeah. coming? But is that still supposed yes. to be released before God's the Godzilla
0: up? resurgence?
1: Yes. No, 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 not that. No, not the Japanese movie. The sequel. Oh, okay. The sequel to the the movie that fits into this shared universe. Is that movie I, still? I don't suppo- know. I don't know. That's the question: whether that's coming. I still think it's supposed to come out before Kong, before before uh-huh. the team, before the before the we up. We would have heard something before the team up. Oh, uh, before the team yes, up. Yes, I yeah. think. I think. We'll have to double-check this. We'll have a better idea. But I thought I thought Kong... Because don't forget, Godzilla got... Pu- I think Godzilla got pushed back a little bit, and Gareth Edwards kind of, like, was moved you know, kind of jump ship from it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think... I think... So Kong... Will, I think Skull Island will come out first. I think maybe God, the sequel to Godzilla might come out after, and then they might be the team-up. But that might have changed now. But either way, uh, yeah, I look forward to that. I'm curious how they bring it together, especially now that they kind of established the... But we haven't seen Kong. yet. They could make Kong out to be an ass, but it, Kong, Kong is always a naturally sympathetic character, and they are invading his territory, so it's kind of hard to make him a total villain, no matter how you try to make it. Hopefully he'll be kind of like... He'll be at least semi-heroic, and again, Godzilla and Kong won't be... The whole gist of the movie won't be that they want to kill each other throughout the entire movie before they realize, hey, we have bigger fish to fi- fry, and we should be fighting together. But I'm. But, right, but it was a good trailer. It yeah, was. Definitely. It was a good trailer, and I think it certainly whets the appetite and it gets people. It's good to get in the consciousness that there's a King Kong movie coming. That's that isn't just a remake of the typical Beauty and the Beast story. Uh, the only thing left that I that I see is the is the Blair Witch reveal, <laughs> which I liked because I like, I have a fondness for the Blair Witch project. When you have a movie that's really really hyped, there's always. As we know, uh, even even if it's not supposed to be something special, just a movie people really, really are looking forward to. The reviews are great; they love it. They love it. Sometimes it raises the bar. By the time you go see it, you know it can meet that that expectation. I think a lot of people a lot of people did like Blair Witch, the original. A lot of people also didn't. I think because of the hype behind it, and oh, it was supposed to be oh, it's so scary, it's so this, and it does take a while for for things to get going in that movie. And I I know I'm in the minority here too, but I actually liked Book of Shadows. I liked the second one. I don't think that's not the way I would have gone to make a sequel, but that's why I give them credit for it. If you if you ever if you haven't ever watched the DVD and you can, the commentary alone is worth watching because <laughs> talk about a studio and a director not being on the same page and and finding out how the movie was changed and how it came out entirely different. That's a good doc. That's a good commentary. That's a good. Not a documentary. That's a good director's commentary to listen to. Because that's when you get the whole idea of a director and a studio clashing. Because they were not on the same page at all. But that being said, I appreciated the concepts in that movie. At least how, from the movie that was made, maybe the director's version would have been different. And I might not have liked it. But this, but the big thing that came out in Comic-Con, which is not easy to do these days. And maybe it's because it's been like 17 years since uh, they made the first one. It's kind of easy to slide on for it to slide under the radar, that this horror movie called *The Woods*, which was supposed to be the small-budget horror movie that people, some people had heard about, I can't honestly say that I had heard about. That, in all honest, in all actuality, that was a hidden secret *Blair Witch* sequel, which will just be entitled *Blair Witch*, and it is coming out in September, this September. So it is essentially going to be a direct sequel to the first movie. It's going to, I believe, it's Heather's brother, who basically. Heather's been missing ever since the end of the first movie. I guess there's some footage that rears its head, which appears to be Heather. And I think in somebody else's footage, which kind of encourages the brother to go back and think maybe she's still alive. and To go into the woods, which we know isn't a good idea, (laughs) but they were going to the woods with modern-day technology and and all funny witch hijinks will occur. But but they screened the whole movie at Comic-Con, and supposedly, again, for what it's worth – people really really liked it and they thought it was well made and it was very and they thought it was scary so we will see i, I again to me it, you didn't have to twist my arm much to get me interested in this and a land of eternal remakes and reboots and endless chapters to to franchises that already exist even though book of shadows really was a kick in the groon to blair witch's potential as a franchise they kind of and it probably could have been certainly there are a lot of different stories they could have told whether the background story on Ellie Kedward, who was the Blair Witch, or the Rustin Parr story. Things they, for the most part, they did in video games, because I actually had those games. They came with the DVD box set of both movies I bought, which is a, it's a stupid point, which no one will care about. The first DVDs I ever bought for my first DVD player, I bought the Blair Witch box set, which came with the first one, Book of Shadows, and a little stick man that's on my ball, my ball chain. (laughs) Uh, uh, made perfectly, you know, just to fit around the chain for your neck. Uh, so, but they had the games. They you were selling for big bucks at the time when the movie was popular. So they had three different games related to uh, the, the Blair Witch mythology. But Book of Shadows killed the franchise. Now, after all, it's probably more than t- time to try to you know revisit it since there was. The first movie, if nothing else, did a really good job of stop establishing its own mythology and this background and the website and everything they did. That was at the cutting edge of the time, using the internet to promote stuff and having the the whole idea of how much is real, how much wasn't real. Obviously, we all know it's not real at this point, but the point is that it's still the mythology was interesting, and there's still probably stories to tell in that universe. So I'm happy to see I'm happy to see they, them go back to it. And again, it's still small budget, so if they probably don't have to make much for it to be successful.
0: I don't have anything to say. I never saw any of the Blair Witch movies. Oh,
1: really? That's too yeah. bad.
0: Not much of a horror movie person. I think the only ones I really enjoyed enough to see, is like, the sequels of were um, uh, Paranormal Activity.
1: I still haven't seen the last one.
0: Not me either. I because, saw... Well, that's, saw because, like they, the,
1: that's because they... Sh- they had that problem paramount and the studios had that problem that, that they they were that most of the major theater chains weren't going to play it because of the deal how quickly they think they were going to release it to home video that's why only that's why i think like uh like regals like regals and i think another in another brand another uh theater chain didn't actually open up the movie so i think that was probably why a lot of people didn't get to see it sorry i didn't mean to interrupt no no
0: problem uh and i think that's it man that's it.
1: Want, want to go ahead and close this out? Yes, I'm trying not to yawn. Uh, I see, I resisted that yawn last episode, and now, <laughs> and and now, and now it's. And sadly, it's it's doing me. In. Uh if you, probably the best way to contact us is lanterncast at gmail.com. You can visit our website lanterncast uh, com excuse me. Get our latest episodes, blogs, Ring encyclopedia episodes, uh, Dark Star reviews, lots of stuff. There'll be more stuff coming. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, and let's see where else, as I left as I go blank, Instagram, uh, t- Twitter, all those places. Uh, hashtag GLcast. You can find us on pretty much everywhere using that. iTunes and Stitcher, we are on So if you listen to our podcast on either or both, leave us positive reviews, please. And last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, 708 Lantern, 708 Lantern, and let us know what you think.
0: All right, guys. Uh, Next time is... Probably issue reviews, unless there's like a spinoff or something uh, that comes up between now and then. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, issue reviews is uh, should be the next uh, one you hear. Um, and if not, well, don't have a fit about it. It's going to be something you'll enjoy, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it pro- based on timing, it probably will be issue reviews, just so we don't fall too far behind. As, yeah. as the July books will be ending by the time uh, pretty much we'll be ending this week. So yep. we should be able to get so it'll be perfect if we fit them all in at least to one one episode so that probably will be the goal but like Chad said there's always a chance it could be a spin-off that gets recorded and gets released ahead of it but who knows
0: All right guys we'll talk to you later
1: Good night everybody good night
0: about pokemon go
1: <laughs> if you need if you need to chat yes <laughs> if, if you need to share with someone feel free
0: well i mean pokemon go also had some announcements at comic-con
1: okay what's well, so you you talk about it's up your alley you talk about it baby <laughs> do you play it all no
0: have you even downloaded it no <laughs> why not
1: Probably because everybody else is doing it. That's not a good. That's never a good. That's never a good recipe to get me to try something when everybody else is doing it.
0: Uh, I, I've had a lot of fun with it. So with Pokemon Go announced at uh, Comic Con that they're going to do a couple things. They're going to make. Did you ever play like the original games at least? No. Oh man. I well, know.
1: I'm 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 out on the, the outer fringe here. I know.
0: Uh, so Pokemon Go is going to be doing. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the turning Poké Stops, which is basically a place where you can like stop and like pick up Pokéballs and like you can kind of refuel in terms of like your items and stuff that you have at various locations. You can turn some of those into um, Poké Centers where you can basically like heal your Pokémon and uh, and stuff like that. You, they're also they're also going to activate trading uh, at some point, mean, which has been rumored for a while, but they actually made an official announcement at San Diego where. And I'm not quite sure the mechanism of it but they're gonna allow people to trade Pokemon in the game uh, you know so if like you come across somebody you're out you know at your nearby park catching Pokemon um, you can trade with somebody in the area like oh you caught that so-and-so like I would he ran away before I could catch him you know like you can you trade well I happen to have an extra one so what do you have to trade me so you can like trade with other people but they said I think initial reports like said that they would be done through that what's that tap technology where you can tap your phones together
1: oh yeah 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 i know yes
0: which is only available on certain phones so so they're trying to figure out if there's like another way to do it um that would also wouldn't potentially leave the phone vulnerable to like breaches and security uh and stuff like that but um they're they're trying to do that, uh, and I know that they're they're going to be adding more Pokemon, but I don't know how, and I don't know which ones. Like, are they just going to do like? Because right now the Pokemon that are on here, on the game, are the original ones from the original game, the original hundred and you know fifty something, uh, whatever the heck it was, um, yeah, and and it, plus the legendary birds, uh, which I don't remember the names for, but um but they're supposedly going to be adding more uh and the 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 reason they were announcing particularly the trading thing is because there are evidently certain Pokemon that are only available in certain countries so like if you really want to quote unquote catch them all you have to like travel the world (laughs) 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 so so uh (laughs) so yeah for real road trip (laughs) yeah so um yeah there's so you gotta go to like Australia for one and like all these other things um so that was interesting. So, so you know, if if you're activating trading and they say it's partly for that reason, then there's got to be some sort of mechanism coming out uh, that they're going to start allowing it other through something other than that tap feature. Because but the one thing they they didn't as far as I know, they didn't announce was battling. Like cuz you can you can go to gyms at various locations in your area and do battles that way. let them but, fight yeah exactly <laughs> but, but but in the original games like you, you know you, you would go to gyms but in the meantime you're like wandering the woods and stuff you know catching Pokemon and you would come across other trainers and they would challenge you so like how awesome it's gonna be so dumb but how how especially to people who aren't playing the game like Mark's gonna be out Mark's gonna be out grocery shopping one day and all of a sudden he's gonna hear in the aisle next to him oh you just challenge me to a battle well, <laughs> I, got right. a, I, I' got a charizard bitch. what do you have <laughs> you know like it's just like people doing random battles in the supermarket and stuff like I'm waiting for like the, the battle feature where like you can challenge people around you to fights uh because that'd be that'd just be so cool but I'm catching a bunch of them man i've got i've got a bunch of them i don't i don't have i don't have all of them i don't even have half of them yet but i am kind of impressed with the amount that i have so far. <laughs> it's like I've, I've, I've made time to go like go outside and you know go to various parks and stuff in my area. Like I've been to the state capitol twice in the past week, and I've probably been to the State capitol here in Austin maybe you know 12 times or so in my life, <laughs> just because of various like field trips that they had us go on in school and you know people who, from my mom's side of the family or somebody who come down to visit us, that's something everybody wants to do, you know, that kind of a thing but this is the first time I've ever intentionally gone to the state capitol by myself.
1: <laughs> not, not, not counting your prison time but we won't talk about that. <laughs> we try but to yeah, forget that. That's, that's a dark period of Chad's life. You can make fun of it and you can
0: laugh all you want and, and but you, you can' you can't ignore the fact that this is a like huge thing. Like this is this is a cultural revolution type <laughs> of thing that's happening right now with, with, with Pokemon Go. So many people are playing it and getting outside and walking around and then, you know, being active and interacting with other people. It's just insane. Like there's a park down here in Austin called Auditorium Shores uh, and it's, it's huge, you know, it's massive. And like, you know, most people would go to like, you know, run the hike and bike trail that's through there. You know, they they exercise and they do whatever they need to do or they do little picnics on the lawn or, or something like that. Now you go to Auditorium Shores and you get your standard people who are, you know, working out and doing their thing, but you also got a buttload, like an ass ton of people (laughs) out there with their phones catching Pokemon. It's crazy. It is crazy, the the sheer amount of people playing this game.
1: That is true. No one can deny that. It it definitely is a cultural phenomenon, so you don't have to worry. You're you're not alone, Chad. There's a lot (laughs) of people with you. (laughs) That's right. Oh, man.
0: And uh, for those of you listening, uh, if you're playing the game, Team Instinct for life.
1: (laughs) Oh, there's there's that self-serving side of you we all love, Chad. (laughs)